Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. Um, and I have to say, as, as, as we kick off this podcast, um, I was so excited when, uh, you know, when I was going to be doing this podcast, I've, I've, I've wanted to do it for ages. I, I want to have my own, I want to have my own show and I want to talk about loads of interesting things that I'm interested in. And I want to talk to other people about their stuff, about performance and art and creativity and all this stuff. And I got so excited about it. And um, one of the things that stopped me doing it for quite a while was I, I didn't think I'd have enough time to do it because the last couple of years I've been ridiculously busy and I never seem to have a, uh, much of a day off um, or even, you know, a, a few hours off. And especially when, I, when I'm dancing all day, uh, when, I, when I get home late in an evening, the last thing I want to do is... Is uh, is more stuff. I, I sort of want to get into bed and and uh, and relax, ready for another busy day. Um, but then I got convinced, no, no, I can do this. I can do this, and um, did as many as I could, and then got to a point where, obviously, right now, as as I'm recording this, we're in the middle of Strictly Come Dancing, the series, and even even if you've been eliminated already, it's um, it's still a lot of work. You get involved in so much stuff because you, you you're always sort of doing VTs or. or charity days or you're on it takes two then I, I was involved in the children in need special um which i was really really happy to be involved it's the first time i've done it and yeah me and Maisie smith from eastenders uh we won we won the children in need special Maisie was amazing to work with 18 years old and an absolutely cracking dancer um for, for those of you who watched the show um that it was especially one big group number that we do and we all have a chance within that group number to to do our bit and it was a bit of cha-cha-cha which usually i hate yeah, like i hate cha-cha-cha the most on strictly if i was in charge of strictly i'd get rid of cha-cha-cha um but uh yeah we all had to do a bit of cha-cha and then all a, a bit of uh, group choreography and Maisie was took to it so brilliantly like she was just one of these people that i was telling her what to do in training and she was going at it a hundred percent giving everything she'd got and then i would say i'll oh, do it a bit more like this and she'd just do it i mean she'd done a little bit of dancing before um, not borum and latin but she has done like some street dance type stuff before um so we just approached it from that angle i said think of this as a street dance don't think of it as latin american dancing and um and just basically copy these moves and i've shown her what to do and she and she just had that sort of you know when you're young as well you just do it um she, she was just copying me and, and I was saying do exactly what you're doing with that kind of groove but a bit more like this straighten your legs as you do it and she'd just do it and I thought this is going to be amazing and she danced amazingly on the night and we were lucky enough to win the Pudsey Glitter Ball Trophy so um, that was that was wicked for her uh, um, I had a really good time dancing with Maisie and um, uh, and, it, and it was great for me too because that, that's the that's my third one out of the four glitter balls that, that that exist um in the sort of strictly come dancing year so basically there's the main show um the main glitter ball from from the live tv show uh, which is the one everyone wants to win and so obviously i won that with stacy dooley last year um there's the tour um, so the strictly goes on an arena tour in january and february and basically someone wins the glitter ball each night on tour um it's uh, it's people in the arena get to vote for who their favorite is that night after you performed a couple of dances and whoever's won the most glitter balls over um over the course of the tour at the end is presented with the tour glitter ball trophy and 
at the beginning of 2018, so just after the 2017 series, um, when I danced with Susan Kalman, me and Susan managed to win the tour. We got the most wins on tour. Everyone was voting for us. So, um, so that was brilliant. Um, that was the first glitter ball I got, actually, sort of in February 2018. And then the children need one. That, as I say, me and Maisie just won. Um, so that was my, my third glitter ball. The only one that I haven't won now is, is the Christmas one. The Christmas special uh, glitter ball, um, yeah, is, is the fourth one. Um, and I'm involved in that now as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of training right now with the lovely Debbie McGee, who you'll remember from the 2017 Strictly Series Dancing with Giovanni. Um, so I'm in training with her for that now. Um, obviously also, so apart from Children Need and Christmas Special training, um, for you Strictly viewers, you'll know that I <laughs> sort of had an impromptu um, appearance once again during the main show. Um, as Neil Jones, one of, one of my best mates, got injured and uh, uh, Alex Scott needed someone to dance with at the very, very last minute. And I danced, uh, I was called in to dance with Alex. Um, the, the first time, the first dance that we did was, was their street commercial Ghostbusters routine. That was, it was just mayhem really, because um, Neil went down very, very late in the day on the Saturday of the live show. And um, they needed someone to step in and do it. We thought he was going to be fine, but then he was sent to physio and the physio didn't clear him. And the next thing I know, I've got people running over to me going, Kevin, where's Kevin, where's Kevin? Um, can you start looking at the video of this? And we're going to put you in, a, in the, the, there's like a rehearsal tent at, at the TV studios where we record Strictly and we were put in there. And um, I was in there with Alex Scott for about 45 minutes, learning their routine off the video. And then Neil came in and he sat down on a chair, couldn't stand up. So he was trying to teach me it from sat down on a chair. Alex was teaching me the routine from what she knows of it. Bear in mind, she's not a professional dancer. And I'm learning it from the rehearsal video. And also because it was a street dance commercial routine, they had the outside help of some choreographers. So um, Jess Khan Lee, um, who was involved in the creation of, of the dance, was also, also came into the tent and was, was, was helping, me, uh, helping me learn it. But I only had about 45 minutes to learn it. Um, and then I had to perform it. Um, so that was, uh, that was fun. Um, Alex did so amazingly. Um, she just kept going, even though I went wrong in the middle of it. And then off the back of that, then Neil wasn't cleared to dance for the next week. They said he was going to be out for a bit longer. So I had to come in and that was the same week I was already rehearsing for Children in Need. Um, on that week, the week that Alex was doing American Smooth, which was week seven, I was basically training two celebrities. I was training Alex um, for her American Smooth and Maisie for our Cha-Cha for Children in Need. So I was really, really working on that week, like long, long hours, um, and had to dance with Alex again on, on the Saturday. She did an amazing job. And then for the following week, I was still working with Alex because I think we were sort of aware that Neil was going to be okay, which everyone was happy, happy about. Um, but he needed someone in there because he, he couldn't be dancing the jive on it for week eight on, on his calf all week because he was in danger of re-injuring it. So whilst we, we sort of, we were fingers crossed that Neil and Alex were going to be dancing at the weekend, um, he needed to sort of explain things to Alex but have a partner to dance with her so she could get to practice it full out without Neil injuring himself. So I was, I was dancing all week again with Alex in the training room um, that week. And then after that started on... The Christmas special now with Debbie McGee. So 
basically um all of that that entire story um was 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 just my roundabout way of saying I've had a real tough time having any time to uh, record these podcasts and it, and I was going no 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 this is exactly what didn't want to happen um but I've got a, I've come home from training today with Debbie and we've been recording our Christmas VT as well and um I, I thought maybe I can get one done tonight I've I've still got a bit bit of energy so that being said I, I put a thing out on, on social media asking for questions from you all for, for what you'd like to know about. Um, and especially we're in the middle of Strictly season as well, obviously, like um, everyone's asking Strictly questions. Um, so, like, w- one of the things that um, a lot of people really seem to want to know about was the, cr- the creation of um, the dances on Strictly. So, like, like from where, where they come from, basically. Um, you know, music choices and concept choices and all that sort of stuff. Like, who's whose choice is it, and and how do, how does a dance come to be um, out of an idea, sort of from the the creation of the idea to it being performed on the live show. So basically, what happens is um, at the beginning of the series, you usually sort of. It, you come with, with with ideas like throughout the year I'm always writing down ideas if I hear a song if I'm in a shop and I hear a song or in a restaurant or something and I hear a song sometimes I'll think that's that's a great song I wonder if that's been used on Strictly yet um that that would that would make a great jive or that would make a great foxtrot and I have a little notebook where I write down these ideas for songs and then also for ideas for concepts so I've always got a little sort of ideas list on the go but then it's quite difficult because you don't know who your partner's going to be and you can't just reel off ideas that you want to do um, because it might not suit your partner. So I, I like to wait until, I'm, until I've found out who my partner's going to be on the launch show and then think, right, what's going to suit them? What sort of music's going to suit them? What sort of concept, what sort of style of, of dancing is going to suit them? So then when I'm partnered up, the first thing I like to do is to get to know, um, to get to know my dance partner. Like, what are they into? I ask them, what sort of music do you like listening to? What movies do you like? Are you into musicals? You know, what, what, what's, um, how do you dance? If, if you go out to a bar or a wedding or even in your own home, how do you like to dance? What's your general sort of groove? You know, what do you like to dance to? So you find out as much as possible about your celebrity partner as quickly as possible um, so you can get a sense of them and what they're going to enjoy. Because I feel like if they're enjoying themselves and they like the song that you're dancing to and the sort of style that you're going for, then they're going to do it better because they're just having a good time and they're going to give lots of energy to it. Um, then once you've sort of got that, that sense, um, the first thing that happens is that there's a team on Strictly that, that there's sort of the creative, I think we call them the dance team. Um, it, it's the creative team and, and at the head of that, creative team is Jason Gilkison. He's sort of the creative, oh, I don't know what his official title is, creative director or artistic director of Strictly. And um, it's their job to come up with ideas, to come up with song ideas, to come up with concepts, uh, you know, the set design, lighting, props, um, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and they have a really, really difficult job because you know, how many, how many seasons, this is what, season 17 or something of Strictly that we're on at the moment. To do 17 series worth of ideas and, and you start, you start a, a series with 15 couples, you know, 15 different 
dances to do on one evening. Um, the next week there's another 14. The next week there's another 13. So the number of ideas they have to come up with just for one series is mind-blowing. Um, the, the, the creativity behind it all is mind-blowing. To do that for 17 series is just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hats off to them really. Like, they're a great team. And, and, and us pros, we sort of rely on them. And um, you're usually about two weeks ahead. You're thinking ahead. Um, so at the beginning of a series, you'll think, right, what's my week one? What's my week two? Um, yeah, usually if, if, if you're doing your week four performance, you've usually already got your week five sort of sorted and perhaps your week six Halloween number sorted in your head or down on paper and sort of locked in. Um, so yeah, two weeks ahead. And what happens is when you're having the discussions with the creative team um, is they'll come to you and say, what do you think about this song? Or you might go to them and say, I want to do this song. And also with a concept, it might be that, um, oh, we, we want to set this one in um, an ice cream parlor. So you'll be, se you'll be selling ice creams and your celebrity partner will... Um, will want to buy an ice cream from you and then you drop it on the floor and then this happens and then da 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 da, -da you into the dance. Uh, I don't know where that came from. They came up, come up with much better ideas than that. But <laughs> anyway, so th th they'll come up with a concept um, or they'll say that we want to do this clever thing with some lighting or some mirrors or we've got this effect or we've got this prop or a set that we're thinking about doing. And, and so you'll have a two-way discussion with, uh, with the creative team about what you're going to do. Because a, <laughs> a lot of people, I know just from reading comments and asking questions, a lot of people think that, that we're under pressure. What, what tends to happen from what I've seen from comments is that if, when someone gets a favourite couple on Strictly, if the, if the concept goes really well, if the song is great and the dance gets good scores and the concept um, seems fun, then they give us a lot of credit <laughs> and say... Um, you know, oh, oh yeah, what, what a genius, a great idea from that pro, you know. Whereas if it doesn't go so well and it's your favourite couple um, and it seems like a, you know, a, a bit of a drab sort of concept or um, they don't like the song that we dance to or we get low scores, then they blame the production. <laughs> so I always hear this, that, oh, that's been forced upon them. What a terrible idea by, by production, blah, 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 blah. And... and it's, I think it's slightly unfair on them, really, although it looks good on us. Um, it's, it's always a two-way conversation between the professional and the creative team. And if, if the professional absolutely doesn't want to do an idea or absolutely does not want to, to use that song that has been suggested, then we don't have to. Um, there's nothing to say that we're, we're never forced to use anything because it always has to come down to us as having the final say. So sometimes it can be a bit of a, oh, I'm not sure, I don't know whether to use that one or not, I don't know whether, you know, I'd rather do this. And then they're saying, no, we think it'd be really good. And and in the end, you you might sort of cave in and say, okay, I'll try it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll trust your better judgment. Um, but never, never in my experience have I ever been forced to do anything like they, they the creative team is basically there to, to help us and to suggest ideas and um, you either go yeah that's a great idea um, or can I do this instead and they'll either say yeah okay you can do that or they can say well, we're not really keen on that idea and it just becomes a two-way conversation until someone goes okay yeah let's do it like that um, so 
Yeah, the, the book always stops with the pro. You're never forced to do a number that you don't want to do. So, like I say, you're normally sort of two weeks ahead, but sometimes changes can happen last minute. It's, it's rare, but sometimes a change can happen last minute. So I remember back in 2014 when I was dancing with Frankie Bridge, um, our Halloween concept was already locked in. We were doing a completely different song and a different dance to what we ended up doing. Um, but the idea of doing Defying Gravity from Wicked as a dancer and dressing them up as a as a green witch. Um, I think that was sort of with one of the other couples. That idea had been suggested to one of the other couples and they were originally going to do it. And then the pro came back and um, quite late in the day and said, you know what, I don't think... I don't think I can work with this, you know, for whatever reason. They just couldn't, they, they just tried a few ideas and weren't, weren't into it themselves or whether they thought it wasn't going to suit their celebrity, you know, that, that like actually they, they thought this would work, but no, it's, it's not going to be the right concept for their celeb. So they, they asked to change and, and, and let go of that idea. And then I think by that point, um, production was sort of really looking forward to the idea of having... Uh, you know, someone painted as the, the Green Witch and maybe going up on a broomstick as, as part of the show. And, and you know, it's a really popular song. So they were sort of saying to a few of the pros, you know, it's, it's we'd love to have this song on the show if, if, if we can. But if, if you absolutely feel that you can't do anything with it, then then don't worry. And it went through about four different pros, I think, until it until it came to me. And, and I just loved the idea. It's the sort of thing that I love doing. So so it came to me and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, so our idea got changed at the very last minute. So that can happen, but most of the time you're sort of locked in with your idea about about two weeks ahead. Um, so the next thing that happens, once your idea is locked in, um, then it goes off to um, the head of music, um, a guy called Ian, um, who it's his job to put together a 90 second edit, because our dances on Strictly are a minute and a half. So, so he you know looks at a song that might be three minutes long, and he's got to pick out the best bits of the song, but also make it flow as well. So it's no good just going, this is the best bit and this is the best bit, but then the, the song has no sort of flow to it. Um, so it's his job to pull together everyone's songs and put them into 90 second edits. And then we get sent our edit. And at that point, it's our job to listen through it and, and suggest any changes so um you, you can say oh do you know what i, I, I love it but I'd, I'd love it to be sort of five percent slower and then he'll he'll take that away make it five percent slower and send it back um one of my one of my main ones to be honest they sort of know this with me now anyway but every time i get an edit um i like the song to finish on i call it having a button on the end of it or, or slamming the door on the end of a song. So I, I don't like it when a song sort of fades out with a long note, like a... And fades out, because I always find that if it does that, the audience are never quite sure whether the song's finished or not, and they're hesitant to start clapping. Whereas if a song goes... And bang! If there's that bang on the end, that's the button that I call. Like someone hits the drum, ba bum ba bum bang. Then it's very clear when the song's finished, and usually you can hit a position like at the end of the dance, and it just usually gives a little bit of energy to the dance that that an audience is more inclined to sort of clap and and get behind it. 
at the end. So basically, whenever I get my edit, if it hasn't got a button on the end, I always send an email back just saying, can I get a button on the end of that, please? Or, you know, can, can you just slam the door on the end of it? And then I go, oh, yeah, thanks. Get I'll, I'll change that for you. So that's normally what happens with me. Um, then once you're happy with your music edit, that gets locked in. And so you've now got your concept, your song, your edit of the song, and, um, and you'll have talked about sort of props and things. Um, so now you've got to choreograph it. And obviously what, what happens is um, strictly we're, we're working, working, working Monday to Saturday, Saturday being the live show. And then after the voting period, we obviously record the results show um, on the Saturday night. Um, so technically Sunday is our day off. So what I do is I choreograph on that Sunday. We don't really get a day off if you're still in the competition. Um, so yes, yeah, Sunday is the day that I use for choreography. Now some pros like to get it done earlier than that. Some pros, as soon as they've got their music for sort of two weeks in advance, they'll go home that, that night and, and, and start working on it and choreographing it. <coughs> I personally find that quite difficult. Um, because if it's two weeks away, I feel like my, my head isn't quite in that space of if I'm on week four, my head is not in, in Halloween week. And also I feel like your celebrity might improve in those two weeks or might get, might understand a few things like they might improve on a few elements, like their turns might get better or their ballroom frame might get better or their footwork might get better. So you'll choreograph towards what their strengths are. So I don't like been two weeks ahead in terms of choreography. I like to see where they are come that week. So basically, once I know we're through, if I'm choreographing for Halloween on week six, once I know we're through on on that night of the results show on of week five, that's the only time I'll start thinking, okay, what's going to work best for, for my partner this week? And so Sunday is choreography day. Now again, everyone's different. Some people can churn out choreography in minutes and just go this, 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 bish, bash, bosh, that's my routine. I, I'm a bit of a mentalist when it comes to that and, and I, I agonize over choreography for hours. So first I like to go for a walk in the morning um, and I'll just have the song in my ears and I'll go for a walk along the river where I live and go and have a coffee and just walk up and down listening to the music, just not putting too much pressure on it, just listening and listening and listening. And what usually starts to happen for me when I'm choreographing is um, I'll start to hear different bits of the music and, and I'll, I'll, instead of just hearing the song as a whole, I'll start to hear, oh, there's an interesting little violin there. There's an interesting drum that happens there. I can choreograph on that and I can use that bit. And I like how how it feels like something circular here or, or it, it feels like it falls there. So the music might go so it feels like it's falling. So that I start to sort of think in my mind that the general dynamics of a dance that go with the music, which, which instruments. I listen really closely for, for the instruments that are being used in, in the song. So then I might have a couple of ideas of, of how it's going to go. And I'll start by thinking, what is the, what's the beginning of the dance? Um, what, what, what are our characters that we've decided on? What's the story? What's the narrative? What's the beginning of the dance? Then I'll say, how are we going to finish the dance? Um, and then there might be a feature in the middle. There might be a bit of a change in the middle of the song where I think, where I think this will be a good bit for a little side-by-side -side dance break or something. This is where we go into the middle of the floor. And I'll get that bit done. 
and then I start to choreograph around those sort of three key piece, three key areas of of the dance: the the beginning, the end, and a, and a sort of middle breakdown section. And but at that point, like my for me personally, and I'm sure not everyone's like this, but for me personally, I find it very difficult to choreograph in the daytime. First of all, I cannot do it in a dance studio. The times that I've actually booked out a dance studio and tried to choreograph in there and suddenly I feel like I've got no creativity. Whereas if I just go for a walk around and then I just do it in my front room, suddenly things come a lot easier and, and there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of evidence for why that would be. We'll do, we'll, we should do an episode on, on creativity and how to unlock creativity. Um, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, but there's yeah there's a lot of sort of science behind um not putting pressure on it and just letting things flow like go for a walk have a shower um, that kind of stuff and just let ideas come to you um but i will then be hours choreographing so i'll, I'll usually get to about uh, certainly when it's dark I'll, I'll get to about nine o'clock in the evening before i'll properly start choreographing it um apart from the few ideas that i've got in my head for the three main areas um, and I'll listen to the music and write it down in in a book in in terms of eights, you know, like like oh, oh, there's four eights there, and then it goes into two eights of this, and then there's four eights of a chorus, and then there's an opportunity for the dance break, my key sort of bit in the middle, um, and that's three eights. Um, so I'll write out the music in my book, and then I'll watch some YouTube videos of dancers that inspire me. I like watching Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, th th those kind of things. Um, just anything that might inspire me. Um, and then I start writing down ideas and I start writing down steps that I think would look good on my partner and then start putting it together. But usually I'll, I'll get to about midnight and I'll look at the routine and think, I hate this. I don't, this is never gonna work. We're gonna get eliminated this week and there's no point in me doing this dance and I'll rip it up and put it in the bin and start again. And then I'll usually sort of get annoyed with myself, try some other ideas, think this isn't working, I don't like this. Then I'll try and simplify it. Then I'll go complicated again. And yeah, I second guess and second guess, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it's this process that I seem to go through every time. And then, then I'll probably, even though it's late at night, I'll have two or three coffees, which gets me really hyper and energized. And then suddenly I'll start to kick into gear, actually, and things start to flow a lot easier. And it's usually about 3 a.m. Where, where I've settled on a routine. And I wish it wasn't like that for me. Um, I wish I was like other people who could just do it. But for me, <laughs> I just agonise and agonise and agonise. And I get to 3 a.m. roughly and go, OK, that's my routine. That's what I'm happy with. All right, so then I only get a few hours sleep because then what happens next is Monday morning of a Strictly week, we always have a professional rehearsal. So we'll go into Elstree and we will rehearse in the space at Elstree TV Studios. We'll rehearse the professional number that we're gonna be performing that weekend coming up. Um, so until the afternoon, we're, we're, we're doing pro group stuff. And then we all go out to our celebrities. So training always starts sort of Monday afternoons with our celebrity um 
depending on where your celebrity is, because if it's in London, that's fine. But if they're somewhere else, if like sometimes they're in Manchester or when I was dancing with Susan Kalman, I had to travel to Glasgow. So I'd leave pro rehearsals on a Monday and fly to Glasgow and we'd get like maybe two hours of practice in on, on a Monday night, me and Susan. So it's different for everyone, but that you'll, you'll start training. And, but what I usually try and do is to get the routine done on a Monday. Um, at least, uh, even if it's really rough and it, and it doesn't look good and there's no technique involved and it's just, it's all over the place. Um, I just try and get it, get the routine taught to my celebrity partner on a Monday so that by the end of Monday, even if they can't fully do it to music or can't always remember what's coming next without me talking them through it, um, at least they know what the routine is. They've seen it in front of them so they know what the structure of it is it's like we go round the floor on that bit we come up the middle of the floor on that bit then you do that over by the judge's desk you go to that camera and then we finish on the bench you know whatever it is going to be they can see roughly what it is now again it's different with every celeb like I said with Susan we only got a couple of hours on a Monday so it was difficult to get the routine done that quickly um, and everyone learns differently so some people can pick it up really quick um, so I remember on last year's Strictly, on one time I was, I was, we were in the same studio as me and Stacey Dooley with uh, Pasha and Ashley Roberts and Stacey and Ashley were chatting at one point and Stacey asked, how long does it take you to, or she asked Pasha, um, how long does Ashley usually take to, to learn, a, learn the routine? And he said, oh, usually about 20, 30 minutes to learn the routine. And some celebrities are like that. Some can just do it like straight away um which is excellent if you're a pro because they, they can just do it and then you have the rest of your training time for the week to work on it um stacy came back and said ashley learns as in 20 or 30 minutes it usually takes me till about wednesday night to learn mine <laughs> so um which is often the case with celebs you're like you want to get it done on a monday but they can't always learn it that quick it will take you until wednesday or even thursday sometimes um, but the aim is to go, here's the routine on Monday and not worry about technique or anything. Um, by the way, this is just my process. This is not necessarily every professional's process. Tuesday, you get to Tuesday and you will be continuing with the routine, just making sure that, that they're starting to learn it and trying to get it into their muscle memory. So just doing it over and over again so they know what's coming next. Again, not fully working on the bits in detail yet. Just trying to get it committed to their muscle memory, because I think the earlier you know the routine without having to think about it, the better it will be on a Saturday, in my experience. So, but that might also include adapting the routine sometimes. So, you know, you've set out to do a certain routine, but then you might try it on your celeb and think, actually, that they're just, they're never going to get that. I can teach it and teach it and teach it to them, but they're never going to get that. So I'm going to change it. Or maybe it's a bit that they just hate. They just can't get to grips with. They don't like that bit. Um, they're worried about it. Maybe it's a lift and they're just worried about it. They're scared about it and they really don't want to do it. Sometimes you can push and, and go, I think it'll be great if we can do this and, and you can make it happen. But sometimes it's better to just look at it and go, you know what, that's never going to happen and just leave it there, you know, as soon as possible and go with a different idea. So you're adapting the routine and then as quickly as possible, get into what I like to call principle Tuesdays, where else once we've sort of got the routine in place, I'll start teaching them the principles of 
of that dance, like the main technical principles of that dance. So if it's a paso or something, I'll teach them, this is the shaping. You must always be in this kind of shape. This is how you use your hands. Um, here's the footwork that we use in a paso. Here's the, when I'm doing this, you have to do this. This is how we connect to each other. This is how it feels in terms of lead and follow. All the sort of main key principles of the dance. So by the end of Tuesday, they know what the routine is and the key principles of that particular dance in terms of technique. So then you get into Wednesday and on Wednesday, my process is that I like to start applying the principles that we learned on Tuesday across the dance. So we'll say, okay, you know, you understand that um, in, let's say we're doing cha-cha-cha, you have to walk on, on straight legs. So let's go from the beginning of, of our routine and find all these bits where you're walking. And so we've learned our routine. We go two, three, cha-cha-cha. So now let's apply this principle. You've got to go straight leg, straight leg, cha-cha, straight leg. Um, and also that you can't walk on heels. You've got to go toe first. So we start applying that principle. Um, and we apply all these technical principles across the routine. And then we get to sort of Wednesday evening, the evening session, where we'll start to take apart each bit of the routine and... Um, and break it down and say, what you need to do more on this part is this, what you need to do on this part is this. We'll film the routine on our phones, watch it back and say, here's what you need to do here. Here's what you need to do here. That's when you get into the real sort of nitty gritty. It's probably our sort of Wednesday afternoon to evening. Um, you've done the technical principles, you've got the routine, and now you're just getting into the nitty gritty of, of, of what you need to do. Um, also, usually on about a Wednesday, it, it differs, but usually on about a Wednesday, we have to record um, what's called the director's tape. So for the director's tape, um, the the people in charge at, at, in production of Strictly Come Dancing need to have seen, you know, even if it's rough still at this stage, they need to have seen um, basically what our dance is, what it looks like, um, because they need to know what they need to do with the cameras. So So they need to start scripting it in terms of what, what cameras they're going to use, what, oh, we could use a, a camera shot of this on this bit. Oh, this lighting would look good here. We could put in a spotlight on that moment. We could, you know, all, all of these little bits. And then any changes to the routine, then, you know, they need to see any changes to, oh, you might have decided on Tuesday, oh, I actually, you know what, I need a cane in this number. At that point, I needed to grab a cane and do this. So they know we need those props sorted out. Um, or any changes to the set or... Also, it, those director's tapes go to the costume department so they know what the number looks like. They can start plotting through what it needs to look like and hair and makeup in, in terms of, you know, what's the, what's the imagery of this number so they can get ahead. So we record our director's tape and send that off. And then we get onto Thursday where really for however long you do on the Thursday, how many hours you do, you're just running the routine. Just like for all the things that we've taught, the, the principles and the nitty gritty of how we're going to do it. And we get into the performance, like what is our character? How are we performing this? And, and that's the reason that I like to get the routine into their systems, into their muscle memory as quickly as possible. Because on Thursday, I don't want my celebrity partner thinking about what's coming next. Because when you're trying to perform, if you're thinking about what's coming next, then you're not hundred percent in the performance you're not in the moment you're not feeling anything emotionally you're just thinking about what's coming next so I don't want that anymore but by Thursday you're just running the routine 
hopefully, it's not always the case, but hopefully with your celebrity partner knowing 100% the routine, not having to think, so they can just start to relax and enjoy the, the, the dance and perform it. And you run it and run it and run it and run it and run it until that you feel like there's absolutely no chance of anything going wrong. Um, and that they just know what they're doing so that they can feel confident going into the weekend. Friday, we arrive at the TV studios and that's the first time that um, everyone else gets to see the number properly um, because it's the first time that we rehearse it in the space in the actual ballroom. So you get three runs on a Friday of your routine. We're all given our, our time slot and we get three runs of our routine um, to the track, um, not in costume, but just th three runs um, in front of the, the creative team, the producers, um, and they're starting to put the camera shots together. So you get three runs and, they, and they'll, they'll see this, we're going to use this camera here and this is what it's going to look like. And we'll have our costume fittings and, and um, you know, sometimes it might be that you'll have a costume fitting and say, I really like this, but can, can the skirt be a bit longer because I really want it to flow on, on, on this section of the routine? Or can it be a bit shorter because I'm worried she's going to get a heel caught in it on this bit? Or, you know, or th this won't quite work or that won't quite work. And, and so you have all those conversations. Um, so Friday, you don't really get any training in um, itself. It's all about just sort of fine tuning you know, th th this is what the performance is going to be um, tomorrow on the live show. Then you get to show day, the Saturday, and that's the first time that you do it with a band. So we all come in the morning and again, we get our time slot and you get two runs of your number on the floor um, to the band playing. Just to check that, like, I mean, Dave Arch and the, and the Strictly Band are, are just amazing. Like, I'm, I'm constantly mind blown by what they by what they achieve, the amount of songs they have to get through every week. And it pretty much always sounds exactly like the track that you've been rehearsing to. But you get that rehearsal with them so that there's no surprises. So there's no like, oh, the, the drum on that bit sounded really loud and I couldn't hear the, the violin that we're supposed to be doing this bit to, you know. Um, so you're allowed to sort of go over to Dave Arch and say, oh, can you just can you just make sure I can hear that guitar on that bit or this bit seems slightly different to the track I'm not sure why but to be honest that very rarely happens because the the band usually just get it bang on um so you do your runs there then you get to the dress run so in the afternoon we do a full dress rehearsal of of the live show um everything is is run exactly as the show will be as if it was live um the only people that are not there are the judges so there are four stand-in judges, like sort of four people who are part of the the team, you know, the, the crew or something, uh, or, or runners or, you know, wh whoever likes to do it. There are four people standing and do fake comments and, and scores. And so you'll do, you know, you get your performance order, you go on, it's all in costume and hair and makeup, and you go on, you dance at your best, you stand next to Tess and, and, and get some comments from the stand-in judges, then you go up to Claudia do the bit up there and the whole thing is run as if it's live. And usually you'll have um, someone recording it for you on the screens to see exactly what it's gonna look like that night. So if there's any last minute changes you wanna make, so just make sure like that the camera's catching you on there. Just make sure you're engaged sort of emotionally or smiling or make sure you, you stretch out towards the camera there or you know make sure you point your foot here. So you're having one last sort of little, any, any changes. And then you get to the live performance. 
which which is the bit that you all get to see. Um, you, you, by that time, we've we've run the routine so many times with our partners that hopefully you know it doesn't feel new or. But obviously, they're still going to get nervous. Um, so usually, we're we're all backstage before we go live, going through the, our routine in the corridors uh, or wherever we can find a space. And just trying to reassure our partners saying, you know, don't worry, you're going to be fine. You've done great in rehearsal. You've done great today with the with the band runs and everything, the dress rehearsal. Um, and and you want to let your partner know that like now we're just going to go out and enjoy ourselves. Don't think. Don't be thinking about technique. Don't be thinking about what's coming next. Don't overthink about things. Just go out and enjoy it and perform it now. Um, and then you get to the live show and off we go. And... Also, there's another little bit where what we do is if you're um, coming coming up to your number, the, I think the rule is usually you, it, it's about two numbers before you. So if you're on eighth, then when the couple that's on sixth, um, we're allowed to go, go downstairs into the corridor backstage and have one quick run through of our routine and then back up. Um, the reason that there's that system is that so not like all the couples are just down in the corridor for the whole show practicing because all the co- it's not fair on everyone and, and, and also the, the couples, we need to all be there in Claudia's area. So um, we'll go down and have our last minute walk through the routine, two numbers before us. Then when it's the number before us, so if you're on eighth, for example, like I said, when the couple that's on seventh are on, we then go to this little area on the balcony where we're given last minute checks for sort of makeup and hair and um, there's a guy there, Billy, who, who's, who's looking after it. He's saying, check the backs of your earrings, check your flies, um, check your mic is working, um, all that sort of stuff. Do you want your shoes scraping so it's not slippy or, you know, your shoes tied up? All those last minute checks. Um, and then you get to your performance and off you go. And it goes however it goes. And that's the bit that you get to see. And then we get a score out of, out of 10 by the judges and some comments and... Uh, as you can see, like after everything we've gone through for the whole week, if you if you've done well that week and you get great scores and comments, then everything feels so worthwhile because you've been slogging and slogging and slogging all week and and loads and loads of hours. If you get a bad score and the judges tell you it wasn't good, that's why sometimes the celebs can get upset or get a bit emotional or, and and I hear people sometimes talking about that like, oh, why why did that person get emotional on Strictly Come Dancing? Um, you know, oh, it's just a dance show, get over it. You know, I hear people saying that quite a lot or when, when I read comments. And I think what, what you don't quite understand what, when you're saying things like that is, is the amount of work that has gone into it. It's not just a case of going out on the Saturday night and doing a 90-second da- dance. Um, so th- that's obviously the perception that you're seeing it from. So you're not as emotional as them because you've been, your mind has been on something else. Um, for the whole week, you know, you've been doing your job, seeing your friends, going out, coming home, whatever. Your mind hasn't been on this dance that you've got to perform on Strictly all week. So you just, you know, you watch the show on the Saturday and that's the bit that you see and, and you like it or you don't, you have your opinions on it. But the, for the person that's doing it, the celebrity that's doing it, they've invested everything for that week, their entire mind and focus and energy and they'll be tired for the amount of work that they've put in. They've invested so much in making those 90 seconds as good as they can possibly be that if then, you know, a judge says that was rubbish, 
it can be quite crushing because you've put so much into it for the entire week. Um, or um, if they've said, that's the best dance I've ever seen, yeah, they can feel emotional because you've invested so much in it and you wanted it to be as good as possible and then you get validated. You say, yes, well done, great job. And that's why it can feel quite emotional or intense at that moment. So that's a, a, little, um, a little insight into a week on Strictly and basically how a dance goes from, from the, the seed of an idea in terms of a song choice or a concept. You know, you could do something like this to getting created and locked in and, and the music edited, choreographed, practiced, costumed, and then performed on a Saturday night on Strictly Come Dancing. And uh, for all that kind of work, that's another reason why I've found it difficult to record these podcasts in, in the middle of it. But I promise I'm going to try and get as many done as possible because I love doing it. And then I love uh, engaging with all you lot who, who like to ask questions um, about the podcast. So keep uh, hitting me up on um, Twitter or Instagram. Um, let me know what else you'd like to hear about or, or any questions that you have or, or who you'd like me to talk to. And thank you once again for listening. Um, getting more and more listeners at, at the moment and um, lots of people engaging. And, and I'm getting lots of lovely messages from people about the podcast, actually saying some of the things that we've talked about that they found interesting or that um, they've sort of connected to or, or related to in some ways, whether it's to do with performance or whether it's just to do with their everyday life. And um, that's uh, a lovely thing to hear. And one of the reasons why I really want to carry on doing this podcast. So thanks, guys. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks for being patient with me. And um, I'll speak to you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>